So at this time, we have a speaker. And our speaker is none other than the famous Karen Burke. She hails from St. Thomas. She now lives in Kingston, Jamaica. And we know this woman is a woman of God. We, she has a word from the Lord. She's multifaceted. She can multitask left hand and right hand simultaneously. And so this morning, we are asking God to use both left and right hand, right-sided brain, left-sided brain to bring him glory. I'm gonna pray for her and deliver her to the Holy Spirit. And after that, we're gonna have a song, What a Friend, and Sister Tashina will lead us in that song. And then after that song, the voice you will hear is the illustrious Karen Burke. Father, we thank you. We thank you, gracious Lord, that you've delivered to NLH Karen Burke, multifaceted, able to assist every time you call on her. I cannot remember, Lord, asking Karen to do something that she could not do or was not willing to do. Father, you know that with a willing heart, you can use us anytime because it is not so much our, of our ability, but it's our willingness. And Father God, you have a daughter this morning who you have gifted with willingness and ability. So Father, we ask that you will use her to the max, use her for your glory, that your great name will be honored, that you, O oh Lord, you, Lord, will get glory. Father, I pronounce a blessing on Karen today, that the words of her mouth is, won't be a cliche, but they will bring glory and honor to your children, that as she speaks, Lord, it will be straight from your heart to our hearts, and that our heart of stone, Lord, will be softened to receive that which you have prepared for us. That we will be doers, God, of your work. Not just hearers of your, your, your words, God, but doers. So, Father, I hand Karen over to you, God. I pray, Father God, that she will be the, the image with which, God, you want us to see you. The words, Father God, will be the words that you want to speak to us this morning. So soften our hearts, Lord. Soften Karen's heart, Lord, that her words would come over with the same clarity that you intended, the same comfort and care that you speak to us, that, but that this morning you will speak through Karen Burke. So Father, Holy Spirit, I pray that you, the Trinity, the triune God, will come and be with her today. So I deliver Karen Burke into your capable hands, Holy Spirit, that you use her mightily. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. 
What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is indeed to carry everything to God in prayer. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on Zoom and on Mixelar. It is indeed a privilege to be able to share what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart with you again another morning. And the title of my message to you this morning, as you will see being shown now is, where are you? Where are you? And that may seem like a strange title for a topic of prayer, but just bear with me as we go through this morning. Where are you? The word prayer, is a derivative of the Latin word precari, P-R-E-C-A-R-I, which means to beg. And the Hebrew equivalent is tefillah, T-E-F-I-L-A-H, which means the act of self-analysis or self-evaluation. And so that is, that is what we're gonna do this morning when I, as I ask the question, where are you? The Oxford Dictionary defines prayer as a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God. Prayers may be recited from memory, read from a book of prayers, or composed spontaneously as we pray. Thank you, Pastor. They may be with musical accompaniment or not. Prayers can be offered in silence or prayers can be offered verbally. We pray individually and we pray corporately. However, we define it. We all have an understanding of what prayer is and we all have reasons why we pray. Some forms of prayer are adoration, repentance, thanksgiving, protection, provision, peace. There are many different reasons why we pray. And my message this morning will primarily focus on prayers that we pray where we're asking God for something. And that could be, for example, protection or provision. How do we pray? Most, if not all of us who are listening, know and understand the importance of praying God's word back to him. We know the scriptures. We, we can pray the scriptures. And we know and understand the importance of praying in accordance with his will. First John 5, 14 to 15 says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the son of God, so that you may know, so, so that you may have eternal life. And we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us as we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. That is what it says in 1 John 5, 14 to 15. We know we can readily pray God's word and he responds to his word. It is indeed a privilege, as the song earlier said, it is indeed a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. 
if we are weak and heavy laden, he is our refuge. When we are in lack, he is our provider and we can turn to him. When we're fearful, we can cry out to him for protection. The song says, in his arms, he will take us. He will shield us in his arms. We have that confidence. But this is my question to you this morning. Is it that simple? Speaking God's word back to him and expecting him to respond? Whether it is we're praying for protection or whether it is we're praying for provision. And the prayers of protection we know very well. Psalm 91 is a very common one. And Psalm 91 verse 4 reads, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Psalm 91, 11 to 13 says, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will tread upon the great lion and the serpent. We know those scriptures very well. If it is provision we're praying for, we can recite Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Luke 12, 24 reads, Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barns. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? But I will ask you again, is it that simple? Is it really that simple? We know that God is sovereign. And even as we're encouraged to pray the scriptures back to him and to pray in accordance with his will, we also know that his response can either be yes or no. But what role do you play? Do you think God is a goodwill fairy where you go to him with your wish list and he grants your wishes because you are praying his word back to him? Or are there conditions to be met for God to answer our prayers? What is your responsibility? What is my responsibility? Do we have a say in God's response to our prayers? You may be listening and you're unsaved. You have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This, my brother and sister, is an opportunity for you to ponder what I'm going to share and invite Jesus into your life to give you the ability to make a claim on the promises in the word of God concerning his people. So I will ask all of us again, do you have a say in God's response to your prayers? And that is a very bold question, but let us examine this further. I quoted Psalm 91 verse four earlier. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. And I also quoted uh, verse 11 to 13. 
commanding his angels concerning us. But is that how the chapter starts? Let, let us go back to the beginning of Psalm 91 and read what it says. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings I will find refuge. That is how the chapter starts. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. So the question I want to ask you this morning is, are you in the secret place? So yes, as we pray, we declare and we confess God's word over our situation, which is good. But according to Psalm 91.4, one of the conditions for him to come through on the promises that are in his word is that we need to be in a certain position. His promise is to those who dwell in the secret place, not to those who will dwell, meaning you're not there yet, but you will dwell. His promise is not to those who dwelt, meaning you were there, but you're no longer there. Dwelleth in the secret place. Dwelleth is, I'm no English major, but I think that is present continuous, which means it's ongoing. So you're always in that secret place. The word dwells come from the Hebrew word yashab, Y-A-S-H-A-B, which means to sit down, to settle, to remain, to inhabit. Let that sink in for, for, for a minute. Sit down, settle, remain, and inhabit. And some translations of verse 1 of Psalm 91 says, he who lives in the secret place. And, and we all know that where you live is where you spend the most time. So again, I will ask you, where are you? Where do you spend your time? Besides the deeply personal things that I've shared in past messages, this message was one of the most challenging messages that I've prepared. Why? Because I was convicted and I had to deal with me. What was my answer to that question that I asked you? Where are you? When I answered that question, I was found wanting. And if you're honest with yourself this morning in answering that question, what would be your response? Many of us, my brothers and sisters, treat God like a goodwill fairy. Goodwill fairy. We go to him in prayer with the boldness and confidence, all boldness and confidence, expecting him to respond to our prayers because we're saved and because we're praying the scriptures. But are you spending time with him? Are you deliberate about locking away and just being in his presence without interruption? Or are you too busy to give him all of you? Just like we're on a Zoom call, we have grown so accustomed to turning on and off our videos. 
we're listening, but we're doing something off camera. So we switch off the camera for a minute so that we can eat, we can chat on Instagram, we can chat on WhatsApp. And I've been switching on and off my camera deliberately and I'm watching the faces of people as I do it. And isn't that what we do with God sometimes? Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not judging Zoom protocol. Everybody does what they want to do and I do it too. It's just an analogy. But how many of us are like that with God? We've gotten so accustomed to our busyness that we start treating him like he is secondary. God is saying, come to me, my son. Be intimate with me, my daughter. Spend some time with me. But we're so engaged in our everyday lives. Our, our, our attention is elsewhere that we only go to God with our petitions and requests because we're in need. We turn on our cameras when it suits us. And we go with, to, to, warm up God, to warm up the genie in the bottle so that he can grant our wishes. Is that how we treat God? The Lord is saying to me this morning, Karen, your camera is off. But I'm so busy with my life that I'm ignoring his whispers. He's sending me messages to say, Karen, your, your camera is off. I need, I need your full attention. But I'm distracted. I'm ignoring the soft whisper to put the phone on silent sometimes. Don't, don't go on that trip. Spend some time with me. Spend some time in my presence. Don't answer that call. Draw close to me today. Is that you? Are you ignoring God's prompting to come into his secret place as he bid us in Psalm 91, 1, to dwell in his secret place? Or are you just continuing with your busyness? And then we, we dare to go to God and sweet talking. Oh, you're the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You're the rock that is higher than I. Lord of Lord, King of Kings, conquering line of the tribe of Judah. And we, we know it well. We know them well. And the sad thing about it is that because God is gracious and sovereign and merciful, he will answer some of our prayers, but we, we mistake those answers to think that, oh, we're in the right place and we're all cozy and, 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 and in right standing. When in fact, those prayers are being answered simply because of his mercy and his grace. But we are found wanting. All along, God is saying to us, come deeper. Come into my secret place. I want to be intimate with you. Is it you that the Lord is talking to this morning? You're desperate for God to hear answers to your prayers. You're desperate to get a word from him. But where are you? Where are you? Matthew 7 says, knock 7, 7 says, knock and the door will be opened. Are you knocking? Jeremiah 29, 3 says, seek him and you will find him. Are you seeking him? Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. James 4, 8. How close are you to him? Where are you? Psalm 22, 26 says, those who come to him will be fed. Those who thirst for him will be satisfied in Matthew 5, 6. Are you thirsting after him? Are you thirsting after the things of God? 
Those who listen will hear according to Matthew eleven fifteen. Are you really listening to him? Proverbs 18, 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they're safe. Are you running into him? Where are you? It is good to know the word of God and to pray the scriptures. But before you do, are you in the secret place that God is bidding you to come to? Dwelling in God's presence, dwelling in that secret place is a choice. It is something that we have to decide to do. It's not done out of necessity or we don't do it. We ought not to do it with a grudge, but we do it out of a willing heart because we desire to be close to him. The definition of the word secret in and of itself suggests that we have to work to get to that place and to stay there. It is not somewhere that is known to everyone. A secret is not known to everyone. It takes effort and sacrifice to find that secret place and to stay there. It's not reserved for lazy people. So you may be listening this morning and you're asking, okay, how? How do I dwell in that secret place? And here are a few pointers that I'd like to share with you. One, confession. Confess known and unknown sins and receive cleansing from all unrighteousness. That's in 1 John 1, verse 9. We cannot dwell in God's secret place with unconfessed sin. We can't dwell there with grudges and with resentment and with jealousy and anger and unforgiveness, all of those things. We have to confess those. There are times when you, you, you may feel like, no, but I'm right. God is not, God not concerned about who is right and who is wrong. It's about righteousness. And sometimes you're right, but the righteous, the godly thing to do may require you to make a sacrifice. It may require a healthy dose of humility. But there, that is where he's calling us to this morning. We cannot be pretentious before God. So when we go confessing, we have to be our real selves. Being pretentious with God will not get us to that place of intimacy with him. In virtual meetings, we choose to turn on and off our cameras because we don't have on our makeup or our hair not combed or we're not dressed properly or we don't like our background or we turn off the camera and we set up our virtual background, or we put up a fake background like the one that is behind me that looks like a nice expensive bookshelf, but it's a piece of cloth with some, some things printed on it. We, we do all of that to, to, to portray this image. We're perfect at pretending, but we can't go into God's presence pretending. We have to confess, we have to be naked before him and bear ourselves to him. We have to be bold enough to say, Lord, you know, I lost my temper today. That person really rubbed me wrong and I lost my temper today. I am I'm sorry, I confess it. Lord, yes, I, 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 see, I see my friend, you know, just got engaged and I've been waiting 30 years and my husband don't commit. And I, and I, I felt a spirit of jealousy, Lord, forgive me. That is the kind of nakedness that we, we, we need to have to, to be able to, to find and stay in that secret place, that level of honesty as we confess before the Lord. 
The second thing that we need to do is take authority over our minds, our emotions, and our will, and submit them to the Lord. That is outlined in James 4, verse 7. We have to take authority. It's not okay to say, oh, it's a mistake, and we get it from my mother, we get it from my father. No, we have control. We need to take authority over our behavior and stop excusing it. Stop saying, oh, it's, it's, if, they, if they never said that, I wouldn't respond that way. Or if they didn't do that, I, I wouldn't need to do that. Mm -hmm. We need to take responsibility and take authority over our actions. Just find and stay in that secret place. The next thing that we need to do is to develop a hunger for God. Ask the Lord to help you to seek after him with all your heart. Ask him to create that desire and hunger in you for the things of God. Spend time in his word. Spend time alone with him. It is in these times that we can hear him. Too many of us grow dependent on the revelation that, and insight that God give, give, gives to others. Having persons speaking into our lives is great. That's a wonder. That's a beautiful thing. Devotionals are good. Books are good. But we need to spend one-on-one -on -one time with God ourselves so that we can develop a relationship with him and grow deeper and deeper in our intimacy with him. The next thing that we need to do is to surrender our agenda to him. Let your agenda be God's agenda. Let your needs and desires be his needs and desires and focus on what he wants you to focus on. Sometimes we get too busy pursuing our own agenda. We make our master plan and then we ask God to bless it. And when things fail, we wonder what happened. Oh, but I, I, I pray and I go to church. I, I'm doing this, I'm praising, I'm doing that. And we go crying to God, asking him to help us. When in fact, what we're doing is not what he wanted us to do in the first place because we're pursuing our own agendas. Surrender your agenda to him. The next point is meditate on the word of God. Don't just read the word and move on, but be deliberate about thinking about the word. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation as you think about it. Psalm 119 that we read earlier, verses 9 to 11 says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. We need to have the word of God in us at all times. Ruminate on the word. Let it sink in. Be deliberate about thinking about how the word of God impacts your life. And after we meditate on the word, let us apply it. Let us be deliberate about applying the word to our lives. Be purposeful in that application. James 1, to 25 says, anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says, listen to this, anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
Imagine that you look at yourself in the mirror and you go away. And as soon as you go away, you forget what you look like. That's, that's deep. And it continues. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what he has heard, he will be blessed in what he does. You see the condition for the blessing? So again, it goes back to what part do you play? What role do I play in being able to see the promises of God being fulfilled in our lives? So there in that scripture is another evidence that we have a role to play in God's word manifesting in our lives. And as we do all of these things that I outlined, we will begin to develop deeper intimacy with God. We'll begin to want more and more of him, not being satisfied with yesterday's experience, but yearning for more and more of God. Let us look at Moses. Numbers 12 verses six to eight reads as follows. At once the Lord said to Moses and to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams, but not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Prior to Exodus 33, Moses had already experienced the Red Sea. Moses had already experienced water gushing from the rock. Moses had already experienced eating bread from heaven. All of those experiences were amazing. But in Exodus 33, verse 13, we see Moses saying, if you are pleased with me, not your pastor, teach me your way so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Moses was not satisfied with yesterday's experience. Moses had an insatiable hunger and thirst for more of God. Moses constantly presented himself before God to hear from him and experience him. He experienced a unique level of intimacy with God. Wouldn't it be incredible to be able to have the kind of experience that Moses had? the kind of intimacy with God that Moses had. In 1 Kings 3, it records when the Lord gave wisdom to Solomon. And he said, no man has ever had this kind of wisdom and no man ever will have this kind of wisdom that he was giving to Solomon. I don't see anything in scripture that says the kind of intimacy Moses had, only him would have it and nobody else would ever have it. So I long for that kind of intimacy. Don't you? Don't you desire to be so close to God that he will say, I, I, I speak to you face to face. You're so hidden in his secret place 
that he can speak to you as he did to Moses? Is that your desire this morning? If it is, we need to know that we cannot get there without being set apart in that secret place with God. So again, I ask, where are you? Are you in that secret place? Are you in that place where you can experience intimacy with God? In the natural, it is in the intimacy that there is conception. It is the same with our relationship with God. Spiritual intimacy brings about conception. It is in that time of intimacy that God will reveal to us his plans and purposes for our lives. We will become pregnant with purpose. We will begin to hear him so clearly that our prayers will now be completely aligned with his will and purpose for us. So where are you now when you pray? Remember the title slide we saw earlier with the goose and the goslin. Are you in that secret place with God? Let's look at the picture of the goose and the goslin. Are you snuggled up under God's wings, gazing longingly into his eyes, just yearning and waiting to hear from him? Are you just simply enjoying just being in his presence? You're just simply enjoying his company? Thank you. Or are you too busy to spend time with your Lord? So busy that your attention is divided. Yes, you're talking to him, but your camera is off. He doesn't have your full attention. You're not gazing longingly and lovingly into his eyes. It's a side glance because you're doing something else. He is gently whispering and telling you that he wants your undivided attention. That is what he's saying to you. I want your undivided attention. I want your undivided attention, but you're doing something else and you keep turning your camera off and you keep giving him part of you. He doesn't have your full attention. He's saying to you this morning, come deeper. I want to be intimate with you. I don't want you to just give me your attention when you want to rub the bottle and ask me for something. That is insulting to God. I believe the Lord is saying to us today to seek to grow in intimacy with him rather than seeking after him for what he can give us. So I encourage you, spend time reflecting on this question, where are you? Are you in the secret place under the wings of your Lord? Or are you at a distance seeking his hand? Are you satisfied with where you are? Ava, are you satisfied with where you are? Zuri, will you come closer? The Lord is saying to you this morning, will you gaze lovingly into my eyes. Laverne, I want to be intimate with you. 
but I cannot be intimate with, with, intimate with you if I do not have your complete attention. Kadia, I want to impregnate you with my purpose, but conception can only come with intimacy. Stephen, will you turn your camera back on? Tashina, will you come under my wings? I have secrets that I want to share with you. When we get to the depth of intimacy that I'm talking about this morning, our prayers will go from our mouth to God's ears. Why? Because we would have spent so much time with him. We would know and pray his will and we'd be praying only his will. And if we pray only his will, it must come to pass because it's his will. It's a guarantee that our prayers are gonna be answered because we're praying his will. And that is when we will begin to see signs and wonders and the manifestations of the power of God. Yes, let us continue to pray the word of God, but know that we have a role to play in the fulfillment of the promises that are in his word. And the result will be dependent on your position. So where are you? And you may be listening now and you're not saved, but the Lord desires intimacy with you too. The Bible is full of promises for God's people. And there's an opportunity for you this morning to come to know him as your Lord and Savior. And our pastor will lead you in that prayer shortly. So I invite you to stay with us so you will be able to, 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 to experience what it is to be born again. If you are saved, he's calling you into deeper intimacy. So I invite you all to listen to the words of this song as I close. And ponder what I have shared this morning. And the next time you pray, consider the question, where are you? God bless you. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. Cause nothing else can take your place. To feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way. Bring me back to you. Oh, you're all I want. Mm -hmm. 
needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. No one else will do. Cause nothing else can take your place. To feel the warmth of your embrace. Help me find the way, bring me back to you. Oh, you're all I want. Yes, Lord, you're all I will. You're all I want. Ooh, help me know you are near. You're all I want. Ooh, you're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Oh, Lord, help me know you are near. Help me know you are near.